God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse number 5. What's going on guys? Welcome to that good medicine podcast. <laughs> I'm your co-host Seth Carter. I'm here with my main host Marcus Arnett. Coming in hot. This is your host Marcus Arnett. <laughs> we are here recording episode number 6 today uh, and we're glad that you're joining us we have uh actually got some feedback from the past couple episodes apparently uh, people weren't as mad about the uh, popeyes thing as they were about the doctor enough thing that i said previously so well yeah, that's what happens is when you fall into a pit of sin marcus <laughs> i've got a lot of uh a lot of hate come out of that doctor and i didn't realize that doctor enough was such a beloved thing i just thought it was you know kind of a you know something that people around here kind of sort of like but yeah you was wrong yeah I was definitely wrong. wrong yeah i've been rebuked for sure you definitely messed up on that one yeah i want to go on the record and take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody because i still hate doctor <laughs> doctor enough <laughs> and i still like Popeye's spicy sandwich oh. but i still think chick-fil-a is better since i repented last time well that's good um, we want to take a second and give a shout out to our sponsors, the Narrowgate Boutique. Um, go on the website there. It's narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. My wife is the owner. It's awesome. It's probably the best shop on the entire um, web, on the entire worldwide web. Hey, man! <laughs> and uh, so go check it out. She sells Bible tabs, uh, basically the index books of the Bible, um, and T-shirts and stickers and all kinds of cool stuff just a little bit of everything on there but something that i have left out um from the past couple podcasts and i, I apologize for that but our our goal for our podcast is to encourage fellow believers and point unbelievers to christ alone for salvation so uh, we hope that this podcast so far has been a blessing to you um we are on episode number six today uh we've tackled some topics that have been um I guess you can could consider them controversial. Yeah, quite controversial. Um, but we hope that we've brought truth out from that and maybe caused you to think a little bit, think for yourself a little bit, and to examine the scriptures. So and test your traditions, of course, for sure. So today's episode will be no different. We, uh, it's going to be on um, having assurance that you're saved. How can I have assurance that I'm saved? Uh, something that's commonly, probably crosses every believer's mind at some point if not often um depending on what kind of, of preaching background that you're coming from and hearing it's something that people uh encounter a lot yeah sure i believe every believer should ask himself this question how do i know if i'm actually saved because mm-hmm. paul dealt with this the opening scripture we had he said test yourself for sure to see if you are in the faith examine yourself 
Yeah. If Paul dealt with this then in the Corinthian church, we should deal with it now also. Yeah, and I think it's a common question that people have for sure. Um, speaking of questions, before we get too deep into this, let's kick it off with the random question. Uh-oh, here we go random, again. Uh, randomquestionmaker.com, uh, random question generator. So let's see what we got here, Seth. Uh, if you were in a witness protection program, what would be your new name and where would you go? Hmm. Well, first off, I would change my name to Scooby Hubbard. That's mysterious. It is mysterious. <laughs> right. Uh, kind of creepy, too. But anyways, yeah. uh, I would change my name to that, and I would probably move to Geneva, Switzerland, hang out with the boys at the Reformation Wall. Well, I'm going to take a hard left turn here and not go anywhere cool like that. Uh, if I was in the Witness Protection Program, my new name would be Antonio Banderas. And I would go to the Panhandle of Florida. I think that name's taken already. I would be Antonio Banderas the second. Oh, well, that changes everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if y'all see us out, you can now refer to us as Antonio Banderas and Scooby uh, Hubbard. <laughs> Scooby Hubbard. <laughs> I like Scooby Doo, man. Okay, well, and I've I live got, on Hubbard Lane. Man, we actually have some Scooby snacks in there. Believe it or not. The school break, the school bus is bringing by snacks every day. We've got like forty bags of uh, Scooby snacks in there. So. Sadly, I'm on keto. Yeah. So, um, let's 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 kick this off. Let's get into it here. How can I have assurance that I'm saved? Um, there's a whole ton of scripture that we could uh, really get into. We probably won't even honestly break the surface of everything uh, that we could get into. But we'll we'll kick it off here, Seth. What you got? I have, besides the intro verse we read, Second um, John, actually. The book of First John, the, the first letter of John is a wonderful book to test and see whether or not you're saved. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the purpose of First John is, to see whether or not you have been born of God and have entered into the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. We could start right there. 1 John 2. 1 John chapter 2, okay. verses 3 through 5. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him mm-hmm. so by reading that if we have the love of god in us we know that we have been born of god sure and christ is our advocate christ is our in between it says if anyone sins we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous and we were talking um before we kicked off the podcast of the um our sin nature and the struggle that we have between the flesh and the spirit um and knowing that um, all of us deal with it. Anybody who's a true believer deals with the the struggle between their flesh and and the spirit. It's an everyday battle. Mm-hmm. There's all what, what people need to realize is is when somebody gets saved, they still struggle with sin. Yeah, and we're not perfect. Uh, we we've talked about this before, but uh, we don't believe in sinless perfection. Um, we believe, uh, as the scripture says, that um, if we have sin. If we say that if any of us have sinned, that Christ is our advocate, we can go to him and ask him. Um, 1 John tells us that uh, 
he writes unto us that we sin not but if we do we have an advocate with the father so we know that we're not perfect and that's not what we're trying to uh to push out to you here today we just want you to know that um christ is our advocate and we know that we have come to him if we keep his commandments uh, none of us can keep them perfectly uh christ is the keeper of of the commandments yeah. um, and we know that we love god because uh the love is put into us absolutely we know we have been born again if we practice the truth jesus christ has given us mm-hmm. through his word we actually care about the truth it ain't just something we have go in one ear and out the other we yeah. actually meditate focus on and try to act it out in our daily lives mm-hmm. yeah and uh, we've we've mentioned this um, scripture on the podcast several times in philippians uh, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling um, but it's not we don't draw a line there that's not the end of it for it's god that works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure so um, we could tell you what to do uh, as far as you know you should do this you should do that you should do this but if god's not working in you it's all in vain if it's not god that's that's causing you to do these things it's all in vain you know it, we could tell somebody to go you've heard the old saying stand out in the in the garage all day it doesn't make you a car that's right. uh, just giving people a list of things to do doesn't make them a Christian and that's not what we're talking about it's not what we're hitting at here today we're, we're trying to bring uh, through the scriptures the assurance of salvation realizing that it's in Christ and Christ has put that witness which I'm probably getting a little bit ahead of us but uh, the witness we have it's in it's in ourselves we have the witness in ourselves that yeah. God has, has saved us oh absolutely and another scripture to go through, which the whole book of First John is just amazing. Mm-hmm. If you ever doubt your salvation, I would definitely go through First John. And even if you don't doubt your salvation, I would still test yourself with the scriptures because we're commanded to test ourselves to see if we're in the faith or not. Mm-hmm. But in chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, this talks about love here. It says, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who, do, he who does not love abides in death. Mm-hmm. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now, this is one thing that I could see evident in my life, and I thank God for it. Mm-hmm. It just don't say we love Baptists. It don't say we love Presbyterians, it <laughs> says we love the brethren. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's a brother and sister in the Lord, we have love for. Mm-hmm. It don't matter if we have disagreements with them on baptism or eschatology or even some things in salvation, whether it be once saved, always saved, or however people look at that. Mm-hmm. But we love them because they're born of God. Yeah, absolutely. And anybody that's uh, that's been in the Christian life, uh, for any amount of time will quickly realize that um, the church, capital C, God's church, Yes. Um, there's so many different, some of the craziest people I've ever met. I say that, I don't say it crazy as in like they're uh, wild and crazy. I just mean some of the, the most uh, opposite people of me that I've met are have been through church and our brothers and sisters in Christ, we could have nothing in common not even one single thing in common other than uh, we've both been born of God and, and we're born of love. And it's evident um, through the love for the brethren that we've been born again, as you've read there in that scripture. It is. And you love people beyond their conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do. There's people that get on your nerves or people that drives you absolutely crazy. Sure. It's just part of human yeah. nature. Yeah. But the love of God that abides in you 
causes you to love them mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah, yeah, and we realize too, and I'll be the first to raise my hand that uh, I'm hard to love some sometimes. I'm probably a hard person to get along with sometimes. And other people, uh, you're a person that's listening. You're the exact same way. You're not somebody that's. We're all, you know, have 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 our faults and have our failures because we're not perfect. Christ was the only one that was ever perfect. Um, but we realize that um, somebody that's born of God, we can have, like you said, disagreements on on a whole plethora of things. We could have disagreements oh, on. Oh yeah. Um, as long as we as we have truly trusted in Christ alone for our, our salvation, believe in His atonement for our sins. That's my brother or my sister yes, in Christ. Yes, there's so much unity in the gospel. Mm-hmm. When you believe you're saved by faith, by grace through faith, and not the works, there's so much unity right there. Yeah. When you have the same God and same gospel as we mentioned before, there's so much unity there and so much love and peace that comes from God to love the other person. Yeah. And God helps you in the areas that you fail in which is everywhere, yeah. and he helps you to love that person. Absolutely. He gives you that desire in your heart to love the brethren, and that's all of God. Yeah, I agree. Um, so kind of getting back onto this, having assurance of our salvation, you were in, in 1 John. I want to read a verse of Scripture out of John chapter 5 and verse 24. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me, has eternal life and does not come into judgment and has passed out of death into life so we know that we've passed from death to life we can have assurance and salvation that we have heard the word of god we've heard christ's words and we believe that god sent his son that's that's assurance we can we can be secure in that yeah you can jesus himself is the word Mm -hmm. we trust him in our salvation of course but we don't always trust him like we should in areas. Yeah. But here's the thing. Once you have truly believed, you're sealed to mm-hmm. that redemption. Yeah. So for, for somebody that's listening that may be struggling, um, and it's if we're, if we're honest, I said it earlier, but if we're honest, we all have had this struggle of, am I truly a believer? Am I truly a believer? Uh, you read some verses out of 1 John there. Uh, and like you said, the whole book of First John is great for for testing ourselves and seeing the love that God puts in us. Um, but First John chapter five, um, and I'm gonna read in verse nine. Uh, it says, "If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this that he ha- that he has testified concerning his son." Verse ten says, "The one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony." in himself the one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son Um, and this and the testimony is this that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son Um, so we have this testimony not only uh, I know a lot of times we'll we'll talk to people and they'll say well I can tell that man's saved or whatever you know we hear that uh, if we receive the testimony of men, men will say, I'll say, Seth, I believe that you're a child of God. I, I, that's my testimony that yeah. I have of you. Um, and, and you'd believe that. You, well, you know that you are, but you would believe that. That's the testimony of men. Um, but the testimony of God that it says we have the testimony in ourselves. So um, I don't need to rely on somebody telling me that I'm saved other than what God has told me. And so I think something that... Um, 
that causes people to have a lack of assurance is knowing uh, who it is that saves us and how does he save us. Um, and so, and I, I, I stole that from, from R.C. Sproul, but um, we know that Ephesians tells us that salvation is the gift of God. It's by grace. It's through faith. It's not of works, not something that we've done. Um, so we know that it's God that saved us. And last week we read um, Romans eight twenty nine and 30, the golden chain of redemption. If we can understand who it is that saves us, that, that God sent his son to be our sacrifice, to be our, to take our, the wrath that we deserve. And, and we understand that and we understand how does God save us. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and read that in Romans again. I know we read it. Uh, last week, but I don't think it'll hurt to read it again uh, for this episode, just knowing who it is that saves us and how he saves us. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 29 says, for those, uh, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So we see the work of God in salvation, the sovereignty of God in salvation, knowing that God is the author of salvation. He's the one that that, that does that work in us. Um, so, you know, a lot of times people will um, rest their salvation on talking with a preacher. We said that before, shaking a preacher's hand on uh, walk at an aisle at a, at a revival or raising their hand, those type of things. Um, and while God can and does work through those things, we shouldn't rest our assurance on what man says. We should um, rest our assurance on what the Word of God says. That's right. And you can't necessarily, necessarily trust a certain experience in your life. Now, I want to give a disclaimer on this before I get into experiences because we would say salvation is experience with you and God. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we're saying that God opens the eyes of the sinner. Regeneration takes place. God mm-hmm. takes out the heart of stone, gives you a heart of flesh that's pleasing towards God, and it makes you want Christ. That is an experience. But not every experience is a biblical one. Mm-hmm. You should take your experience and test it with Scripture to see if you actually have a biblical salvation. Because I was talking about experiences. Um, Mormons have experiences. They do. They have a burning in their chest or bosom, mm-hmm. and they will say, this is right, this testifies of this, but the book that they're reading that from is not Scripture. Right. Um, I believe it was Vody Bachman had a talk about experiences, and he was talking about how this guy was a, it was actually Malcolm X, Marcus, mm-hmm. how he had a experience in prison, but his Messiah was Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. He was a Muslim. Muslim. Mm-hmm and the Nation of Islam, I believe. Mm-hmm. He changed overnight. He actually got let out, opened up a bunch of religious mosques and mm-hmm. had change in his life. Yeah. But it wasn't a godly experience. It was a false one. Yeah. And at the end of his life, he realized he was wrong. Mm-hmm. We cannot say our experience we have is necessarily a biblical one unless yeah. it lines up with Scripture. Absolutely, and speaking, um, kind of relating with experience, we realize too that we God made us all uh, in the, in His image. Um, 
but we also realize too that we have emotions we have uh we all have feelings we we feel certain ways um and i think a lot of times um i'll speak personally in my life the times that i've doubted my salvation it was maybe during emotional times in my life during uh i had you know maybe something tragic happened or whatever um and you you base your current feelings on your standing with god and we we know um, that our heart's deceitful it's wicked above all things the scripture teaches so uh, we can feel all kinds of different ways and so um, uh, experiences and emotions is something um, that we can't they can get you into trouble exactly that's what i'm trying to say they can get you into trouble because I mean, we can go i can be in a great mood today and then you know somebody uh step on my toe tomorrow and me be in, in an awful mood or something from that and um that doesn't mean I'm not saved because I have an ex- I have an emotion, emotional thing that happens to me. Uh, but what you're talking about having an experience is, um, we, it, like you said, we do have an experience when we're saved. It got, we experience the, the work glo- of regeneration, the grace of God. We experience it yeah. in salvation. Um, but we can't base our life as a Christian. We can't base our salvation off of our emotions and off of our experiences. You can't, and you can't trust in a certain time really either. I mean, yeah. you can, if it actually happened biblically, mm-hmm. but I run into so many people, especially in the Bible belt that are trusting in a prayer. They prayed a date that they've got wrote down a date. They have wrote in their Bible yeah. and all this right there. You yeah. have to trust in Christ. Absolutely. Not a certain prayer you pl- prayed. I know every time I was confronted about Jesus when I was lost, I would say, well, I prayed that prayer. Mm-hmm. I was putting my faith and trust into a sinner's prayer mm-hmm. that didn't have anything to do with regeneration or the gospel. It was yeah. just a sinner's prayer I prayed because I wanted to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to do with God. Right. One, two, I just three, wanted to go to heaven me. and escape hell and live how I wanted to. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, repeat after me. And you know you you based your your salvation on on something that wasn't basically has no foundation. It has no foundation because it's not biblical, Marcus. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, so you know what our emotions are are fickle. You know our they're hearts misleading are misleading and they're very deceiving. Your mm-hmm. emotions can be. I cannot wake up and say for there's seasons in my life where I don't sense the presence of God in my life. Sure, I cannot say well I'm lost today. I'm not going in and out of regeneration. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I cannot base that. Now, there's times God has blessed me and manifested his presence in a mighty way in my life. I cannot explain it. Mm-hmm. That has truly happened. Now, when I was first converted, I dealt with what we're talking about tonight. Right. Yeah. And I wish I was more rooted and grounded in the Word and went to Scripture instead of my feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. I had a good pastor friend reach out to me and told me to test myself through Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I did do that eventually. But I could tell you this. I was praying one night. I mean, praying, interceding, praying, asking God to show me if I was saved. And about a half acre of heaven fell down my room <laughs> by his presence. Yeah. But I cannot always, I can't go by that. Right, I have yeah. to go by the word of God. Yeah. But it was a true blessing for him to pour out his spirit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think too, when we look at the examples we have in scripture, some people had radical conversions like Paul, 
I mean, the man had a radical conversion. You see it in Scripture. But there's other people that are saved in Scripture where you can't pinpoint the exact point in the Scripture that they were saved. You just see that their uh, their life that they live, they love God, and we can't. We know, and and I'll, I'm I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Some things I I want to bring up here in a little bit, but uh, we can't have genuine love for God in our hearts if we're not truly born again. That's true. And another thing that goes out. Uh, to the people that's listening uh, if you cannot pinpoint your conversion down the date the time all it that it doesn't mean you're not saved exactly now there's going to be arguments on that I know but I want to say this I have met Christians who have come to faith in Christ who couldn't tell you when they got saved mm-hmm. they know kindly for their life began to change mm-hmm. and everything but when you're so radically depraved Sure. And God saves you. You know something's different about you, but you can't really explain it because you've been brought from death to life because mm-hmm. it's a miracle. Yeah, yeah, it's a work of God. And, uh, yeah, that's that's 100%. And that, I think that causes a lot of people to not have assurances. They can't nail down a certain date, a certain time, and a certain you know uh, church service or whatever. But they can still look back on their life and say, I'm not the same person that I was. Yeah five years ago, ten years ago, one year ago, whatever it may be, uh, and look and see the work of God in their life, the work of sanctification that begins at salvation. Now, I have a friend that's a Reformed Baptist preacher. He's helped me out a lot. And I was talking to him, and he said that uh, he was going to church and everything. He said, Seth, I really cannot pinpoint, actually, for my conversion happened mm-hmm. but he said there was a part a time in my life when i desired to know christ and mm-hmm. want to know more of him and i was saved yeah and not everybody's conversion is like paul's right. i mean paul is radically killing christians persecuting the church mm-hmm. of jesus christ meets jesus christ face to face on the road to uh damascus Letter in hand <laughs> yes and He's radically changed, and he's yeah. preaching the gospel not long after that. Yeah. He's going to the synagogues, uh, refuting that, refuting against them, showing that Jesus is the Christ from the Old Testament, that he is the one to come. Yeah. Now, that's a radical conversion, but Absolutely. not everybody's is like that. No, it's not. It's really not. And um, it, I think, too, um, we talk about people uh, writing you know, a date in their Bible and these different things. Uh and I've even been around, uh, heard preaching and been around people that have said things like, uh, if you can't say the, the date, the time that you're saved, those type of things. But uh, you look at, at, at a, person's, a person's life and they can tell you that they're different than, than what they were at, at one point in their life. And uh, as we said, you won't desire the things of God in an unregenerate as an unregenerate person because you're still dead in your trespasses and sins a dead person can't do anything you're not going to desire god actually um as an unregenerate person somebody who's not saved you're actually an enemy of god you don't want to hear anything about god you don't care at all about god no you don't you don't care about church you don't care about the fellowship with the brethren Mm -hmm. you don't care about godly living you don't have heartbreaks over sin you don't care about learning and growing in the word when you're lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to that. And you're not going to go from dead in your sins to the apostle Paul in one day <laughs> either. That's something that you know. Say, so, well, you know, if so and so they're not changed uh, like this or like that or like this, doesn't mean that they're not saved. The work of sanctification in the life of a believer is a messy thing. I've mentioned that before, but 
the important thing is that God is is growing us uh, in grace and in knowledge, and He's so long suffering with us, and I he thank is. God for that. I do too. I thank God for that. He takes the sin in our lives and teaches us from it, mm-hmm. teaches us over the heartbreak, sanctifies us through that. Mm-hmm. Like Joseph and his brothers, what God meant for uh, what men meant for evil, yeah. God meant for good. And I look at that in my life, like what I meant for evil, the sin against God. God meant it for good to sanctify me and change me mm-hmm. and conform me to the image of his son. Yeah, amen. And he does all things for good for those that love him and that are called according to his Every purpose. Every single thing that mm-hmm. happens in the believer's life has purpose behind it. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of times people lose assurance for salvation too because they feel like they're not hitting you know certain milestones and watermarks in their life. Uh, as a Christian, and it makes them doubt their salvation, not realizing that it's a process that takes uh, place from the point of regeneration until we reach glorification. When we go to heaven, we have a, a life, and some people are saved, and, and you know they don't live very long lives after that. They don't bear as much fruit as maybe somebody that's been saved for forty years. It doesn't mean that they're not saved. Absolutely, you look at the thief on the cross. Sure, yeah, that's a death. Uh, that's a deathbed conversion right there yeah. without the bed. Yeah. There's a cross instead of a bed. And we see, he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm-hmm. He, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. Right there was a conversion yeah. right there. Yeah. And um, it, it it being converted too, um, the the moment of conversion, if we, if we want to say that, I think a lot of time we get hung, we get hung up too on what we pray at, at conversion. Uh, if we're trusting in in jesus christ alone for salvation we hear a biblical gospel knowing that we're radically dead in our sins we're totally depraved we we hate god we're dead in our sins and we realize the sacrifice that christ made on our behalf and and truly trust in that uh we may say things when we pray to be saved that are unbiblical or whatever or uh, may get crossed up in our words and those things but god looks on our heart he sees the the condition of our heart and he's the one who changes our heart he is and here's another thing to go by when you actually have any love at all mm-hmm. i believe this is what rc sproul said for the jesus of the scriptures mm-hmm. the one of the scripture not a false idolatry it's in your head not a false god or a false view of god that's in your head mm-hmm. but the god of scripture if you have a love for him mm-hmm you are converted because you cannot have a love for him apart from conversion yeah it's funny you mentioned that i wrote that down uh, somebody uh, asked rc scroll how can they know that they're saved and he said he, this is was a real simple way that he that he asked them a couple questions he says do you love jesus the biblical jesus do you love him perfectly and he said he'd only met a couple people in in their in his life that said yes and they were lying nobody's loved jesus perfectly so most people would say no no i've not loved the real jesus i've not loved him perfectly uh the next question he asked was do you love him as much as you ought to love him well if you answered no to the first question you have to answer no to the second question none of us have loved him or will love him as much as we ought to Uh, but then you know it's kind of you answer those first two questions no you're kind of spiraling downhill seeing that, oh my gosh, I'm answering these questions. No. But then he asked this question, do you love him at all? Do you have any genuine affection for the biblical Jesus? And if you can say yes to that, 
and you understand who it is that saves you and how he saves you, then how could it be that you have love for Jesus? Because an unregenerate person, as I said, they can't have any affection for Jesus at all, any genuine affection. Yeah, that's good, Marcus. Um, I like the scripture, and I've said it probably earlier today, but it's first, I mean, it's the letter of Paul to the Philippians. And this right here is a scripture that's been on my heart so much here lately. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. When you are saved, that work will continue on in your life. It does not mean you will have seasons you have good seasons, bad mm-hmm. seasons in your life. Yeah. You have seasons you feel like you're on the mountaintop, and then you have seasons that you're down the valley. You have seasons that you sin less. You have seasons that you sin more. Mm-hmm. You have so many difficult seasons in your life, and they vary so much. Mm-hmm. But here's how you know if it continues, the work of God continues mm-hmm. in your life. If you continue to have repentance, if you continue to have love for God, yeah. if you continue to love His Word and love the brethren, it all keeps on continuing and continuing and continuing. It don't ever end. I like what Martin Luther said. He said, when I look at myself, I don't see how I could be saved. But when I look at Christ, I don't see how I could be lost. Mm-hmm. And that right there is just shows you a man that knew he was faulty, he was sinful, he was wrong, and his iniquities, he sinned daily, and was just a mess. But he knew he had a perfect Savior that redeemed him and who is going to take him all the way to heaven. Yeah. If we look inwardly at ourselves, we can never, ever, ever have assurance because we're messed up people. We're all, every one of us, all those that listen, we're all jacked up people. Yes. We, have, we still have a sin nature. And uh, R.C. Sproul, it's another quote from him. He said, it is possible for a Christian to fall into an awful pit of sin, sometimes for longer seasons than others. Yeah, it is. But it's not possible for a Christian to stay to stay there. Um, so if you're listening, maybe you fell into just an awful, awful pit of sin. You feel like there's no, you, there's no hope. You think maybe I was never even saved to begin with. If you still have any affection for Christ at all in your heart, you can't stay there, and you won't stay there. You don't want to stay there. Mm-hmm. You have, you might be having trouble with that sin in that season, but there's a longing in your heart to get back to God the way you want to be with Him. Yeah, and that right there is one of the greatest assurance somebody could have is when they want to be in fellowship with God. They're always in fellowship with God, but they want that sweet kindness that comes with fellowship with God, the sweet love and warmth of the Holy Spirit in their heart. They want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Newton said, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I hope to be in another world. But still, I am not what I used to be. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. Yeah. I could tell... This has come from somebody that's self-deceived for seven years of their life. Thought I was saved, Marcus. You know my testimony. Yeah. Was raised up here in the Bible Belt. I, for a small season, thought I was saved, but never last. Mm-hmm. Never last. And I had no affection and love for Jesus. And the Jesus I had in my mind while I thought I was saved was not the Jesus of Scripture. Yeah. And I could tell now through sanctification... God delivered me from alcoholism. I was very bad at drinking, had a filthy, 
filthy, filthy mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, lied, done all kinds of things. Just a sinful man. Still am, but he's worked a lot of that out of my life. Worked so much out of it. Uh, so much of it out of my life. And it's continuing every year of my life. Yeah. I know I'm saved because mm-hmm. he is working in me. Yeah, absolutely. He's working in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. Here's another quote from John Newton. I love this one. He says, this was towards the end of his life. He said this, although my memory's fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner and Christ is a great savior. That's a wonderful quote. <laughs> Amen. Um, Christ is the perfect savior and he will perfect he will perfect us through the work of sanctification. So uh, a lot of times we get discouraged because we're not, we don't think we're where we should be. But as I read that other quote of, of John Newton's, he says he's not what he used to be. Uh, the the change, the conversion that, uh, as Corinthians tells us, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Yeah, and that's important to realize what Newton said there. I'm not what I used to be because mm-hmm. the work of sanctification was done in that man's life. Absolutely. So uh, it ain't time to throw the towel in just because we're not uh i think a lot of times we measure ourselves uh towards with other people so i may say well seth you know he's he's killing it he's he's really crushing it right now or whatever when in all reality you realize just how wicked you are and how much you need to trust in christ but somebody else may see uh you may see somebody you think is just uh you know the pillar of the christian or a just somebody who's a very strong Christian, I'll put it that way, and try to measure yourself up with that person. But that person may have been in the faith for 40, 50 years, and God has grown them in grace and knowledge and sanctified them throughout their life. So don't we shouldn't measure ourselves with each other. We should measure ourselves with God's Word. Absolutely. And what important thing to know is God has dealt with sinful man ever since creation. Absolutely. He has Abraham. David, a man after God's own heart, sinned against God horribly, not in just adultery and fornication, but had one of his best friends killed. Mm -hmm. There's so many times in the Bible you see the great men of God Mm -hmm. fail. But it don't mean they was lost. Don't mean they wasn't unconverted. You see Noah, how God brought him through the ark Mm -hmm. and everything, and how he got drunk. Yeah. You yeah. see, so that's the many, last thing you read about Noah. It, yeah, it's what's amazing. You see how this man was so faithful, mm-hmm. so strong, went through the ark and everything, mm-hmm. believed God, trusted in God, built the ark. People thought he was crazy. Yeah, he believed God, but then he falls off the wagon and gets drunk. Mm-hmm. I don't look down on that man. Sure, to me either. And it's it's important to to note this is when we look at at men in Scripture. Um, they were no different than we are. No, they God has sinful. dealt with sinful yeah. men for years. Yeah. And we're no different than Abraham. We're no different than David. We're no different than Paul. He's in Romans 7, says the things I should do, yeah. I don't do. Wretched and man that I, I am. And the things I do, I shouldn't do. Yeah. I mean, we're right there. Every true believer lives in Romans chapter 7. Absolutely. If, we're, if you're fighting sin at all, that's assurance in itself. Well, yeah, you see the two natures warring against mm-hmm. each other, and that's one of the greatest things you could see. It's a hard time. It's a struggle sure, every yeah. day, but it's a war against the spirit and the flesh, yeah. and the spirit's always willing, but the flesh is so weak. It definitely is, and God t- makes a point throughout the, the canon of Scripture to show us great great men and women of faith and, and the great faith that they had, but also how complete utter failures they were at time. All that just so 
it points to Christ to say he is the one. He is the perfect one. Yes. Although we have sinned and still sin daily, moment, from moment to moment, from second to second, we have sinful thoughts, sin, sinful things that we, we say or even do. Um, and we see just how fallen we are, and we see the, the men and women in Scripture, however great you know pillars of the faith they were, that they were still failures. On their best day, they were still fa- failures, and that's why... Uh, in reading and understanding the scripture we see that everybody was a failure except for Christ he was the only one that was ever perfect That's right. God took the time through his word to point out how wicked and sinful these great pillars of the faith even were all to point us to, to his son Jesus Christ amen I agree on that and it's just so um, relaxing and it takes the stress off of you to realize mm-hmm. it's all of Jesus that it gets is. you into heaven. Yeah. It ain't nothing to do with yourself. It's all of him. Amen. Amen. Well, Seth, you got anything else before we close this one out? Yeah, I just want to read this one scripture in First John 5. God's word says this, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know I want to put emphasis on that, that you may know that you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. It don't say that you might know. It says you may know mm-hmm. that you have eternal life. Yeah. So you know, you can know that you know that you're saved and born again and going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And the whole book of First John is perfect to test and see if yeah. you're in the faith or yeah. not. Not by uh, emotions, not by experiences, not by what somebody said, what somebody's told you, not by a date that you have written down, but by what the Word of God tells us. Yes. And by the witness we have, the Holy Spirit, the witness we have in ourselves. Yes. Not just somebody saying, I believe Marcus is saved, but I have that testimony within myself. So if we believe uh, somebody's witness that says that we're saved, God's witness is greater. His witness is oh, greater. Yeah. You have God given. tell you you're saved, mm-hmm. not foolish men yeah. tell you you're saved. You Absolutely. have God himself tell you you're saved, and it's through his scripture he speaks to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got one more thing, Marcus, okay. and I'll let you close it out. Um, the first, uh, first John, great book to read. I would start there if you're doubting your salvation, and if you're not doubting your salvation, Test yourself to see whether or not you're born again. I would say go through First John. Mm-hmm. But I would say this right here, another good book to read. Of course, we want to read the Bible first. But a book by John MacArthur called Saved Without Doubt, Being Sure of Your Salvation, is a wonderful book to read. I mm-hmm. bought it. It's it's a, it's a just a good biblical book. Yeah. And um, I believe it will help you out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we hope that through this today's podcast we've um we've given you some scripture to read back over and uh, books in the bible to read back through to see um what assurance looks like what it is not not your emotions not what you feel like but what the scripture says Uh, and we hope that it really truly will encourage somebody who is struggling to say i don't know if i'm a christian or not we hope that this has encouraged you to see um that you don't have to be perfect and you never will be perfect um, until you reach heaven, that yeah. is the only time of perfection. That's glorification. Is, is that's when we become that's perfect. Right. Um, so we hope that it's an encourage encouragement to uh, to the church, uh, the the born again children of God, uh, can be encouraged by His Word. Uh, don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your feelings because they're so fickle. 
um, but trust in Christ alone. And as long as we're trusting in Christ alone, how could you ever fail? You can't fail yeah, because he's a perfect Savior. And if you're listening and you say, I'm not a Christian or anything, here's the gospel. We want, you, we want to always present the gospel yeah. on here. And if you're listening and wondering if you're a sinner, well, guess what? You are a sinner because mm-hmm. all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, we have to start with who God is when it comes to the gospel. Mm-hmm. I've said it numerous times, you have too. The attributes of God shows us who we are in front of a holy God. Mm-hmm. God is holy, he's just, he's righteous, and he will not let sin go. He will not turn his head to sin, to forgive. The only way you could be forgiven is at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God commands all men to repent and believe the gospel. Here's the thing. It's only by the grace of God anybody can be saved. It's only by God granting you the gifts of repentance and faith to believe in the death, burial, resurrection that anybody can be saved. And that call goes out to you today to repent and believe the gospel. Trust in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation. Trust in his perfect work and you will not be failed. It's clear, um, and it's not of works, not anything that you can do, um, not anything you can muster up. It's not something that you can just utter out. It's truly God that does the work. It's God, and you must be drawn by the Spirit or be drawn by the Father in John chapter 6. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus said, No man can come to me unless the Father that sent me draws him. And I can't tell you when that is. No. It's only God that knows that and when he does that work in you. Yeah. The beautiful thing about having assurance of your salvation is not that you have to wait on somebody to tell you that you're saved, somebody to tell you that you're forgiven. Um, you have that, if you've truly been born again, you have that witness, you have that testimony uh, inside yourself. You know, you truly know. And and uh, the scriptures are written for our encouragement, for, uh, as Paul told Timothy, they're for reproof, rebuke, and exhortation. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we just hear the first two part of those and we don't ever get exhorted but we want to exhort you today through the scripture to say you can have assurance of your salvation we can we want to help edify the saints through this teaching yeah absolutely so uh we'll cut it off there i do want to make uh, a note if you have any questions or anything or just want somebody to talk to about this seth and i'd be glad to talk to you um we want we would try to you know take the scripture and and walk you through things uh that we believe will, will help you or if you have any questions or things that you think uh would be good topics to talk about or things that uh, that you would like to hear us talk about, just shoot us a message and let us know. Uh, and I think that's about it for today. So we'll yeah. cut it off there. You guys have a blessed Lord's Day. Well, today's Sunday. You just have a blessed day whenever you listen to this. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. God bless.